Welcome to Yoke Talk, a look behind the scenes at Yoke Youth Ministries. Yoke is transforming communities by mentoring middle school students, equipping young leaders, engaging local churches, and enriching local schools. And in each episode of Yoke Talk, we have a conversation with the people who are making that happen. Hey, Yoke family, Jonathan here. And I'm Eli. And we're back with another season of Yoke Talk. And as we were discussing things that we wanted to talk about this season, we just felt like we could not ignore um, this violence that's shaken our community and how it's impacting the kids that we serve. Yeah, as I'm sure that our our listeners will be aware, uh, four students from Austin East High School, including Justin Taylor, Stanley Freeman, Janaria Muhammad, and Jamarian Gillette, have all lost their lives to gun violence just since January. Most recently, Anthony Thompson was shot and killed by police after he was found on campus with a gun in his possession. And we think it's important to say that this is not an Austin East problem. It's not just an East Knoxville problem either. These are our kids and this is our problem and we wanna be part of the solution. And we know that you do too. Yeah, you're exactly right, Eli. It's with that in mind that we're bringing you a series of interviews this month with friends and partners who, like us, have dedicated their lives to serving young people. We want to know what the issues are and how we can help. And we also want to know how God is already at work through our friends and through the ministries that they're involved with. So as we learn, we'll be praying for peace and for protection for our students, for our teachers, and for our community partners. And we'll be sensitive to the ways that God might use us to answer our own prayers. Mm, Well said. Now let's meet this week's guest. With us this week on the podcast is a good friend of ours, Knox County Schools Administrator, Denise Neal. How you doing, Denise? I'm doing pretty well today. Thank good. You. Thanks for joining us on the, on the Yoke Talk podcast. Why don't, you, uh, why don't we start just by uh, having you introduce yourself a little bit. Tell folks okay. who you are, um, what you do. Okay. My name is Denise Neal, and I um, am a child of God, <laughs> gratefully. First of all. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, I am a sinner saved by grace, and I don't mind to let people know. Um, I was born and raised in Johnson City, Tennessee, and I came to Knoxville to go to UT. Um, and so I've been... We're glad you stayed. Me too. Me too. <laughs> um, I married a local guy who's a great guy, Chris, and we have three sons. Um, Jawan just graduated from UTC with his master's degree, and Jaden is in the eighth grade at Vine, um, going to high school soon, and Jace is in the third grade at Beaumont Magnet. We've got a little dog named Diesel, who's uh, a Boston Terrier. He's really cute. And um, I guess that's, I mean, that's me on paper, I guess. Um, I have worked with Knox County Schools for 20 years. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I am at that point where I'm starting to add up all my retirement accounts. Like, <laughs> I'm, I need to work on this and that and this and that, and that's exciting. Um, this is my fifth year at Vine. You're not old enough to retire. I know. I started when I was like 13, I think. 
So uh, it's, it's exciting to be thinking about 30 years, but um, fifth year at Vine, um, but I am not a stranger to District 1 um, and uh, what a lot of people would call our inner city schools, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, in Knoxville. I also worked at Austin East for four years um, before I went to Vine. Um, so, you know, I married into a family of roadrunners and Austin East and Vine, um, Green School, Green Magnet School alumni. Mm -hmm. And so um, East Knoxville really is my home now and um i care a lot about a lot of people uh, in this part of town i'm glad that you uh, brought up your faith uh, first of all i think that's important um i i'm everywhere i go uh you know whenever i have an opportunity to talk about it i talk about how many of god's people he has working in our school system especially in my neighborhood, which includes uh, Green and Vine and Austin East. Uh, so we're very grateful to have you there. And <clears throat> you're an assistant principal at Vine? Yes, I am. I work with sixth grade this year, the babies of the school. <laughs> you know, there is, we were joking about it yesterday. There, there is such a disparity between sixth grade and eighth grade. It's just amazing to me how kids grow in that three-year time span, that three-year time span. They do. I was telling someone yesterday that I'm glad they grow so much um, because it would it would be a shame if they stayed the way they were <laughs> in sixth grade. Um, they really are just babies. They are, you know, learning about themselves. And finally, I think and I think it's developmentally appropriate, but finally beginning to see um, the world from other people's points of view and um, are beginning to really understand what it means to have empathy and what it means to think about other people and, um, you know, that to think that their actions affect other people. I, I think that really begins to um, happen in middle school. So mm. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, we're talking this uh, month on the podcast about this issue of youth violence. Uh, it's a subject that has kind of taken center stage. Uh, it's a citywide problem, uh, but uh, a lot of the focus, uh, as you know, has been right here uh, on our neighborhood. And um, so I wanted to hear from you, uh, man, you're, you're connected not only as an administrator in the schools, but uh, as you mentioned, you're also a parent. Um, so I want to hear from you. What do you think some of the issues are? What what are what are some of the challenges that our students are dealing with that you think contribute to this uh, issue of youth violence? The I think I'll start with broad issues and kind of come come to a maybe zoom in a little but yeah, there, I know there's not there's not one thing you can point at they're multi-layered no. they're all interconnected yes but um obviously racism and poverty mm -hmm. um you know years and years and years of um poor people concentrated in one place um for whatever reason uh is one of the reasons that um I think 
community is struggling. I think our community is struggling to have community. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like kids don't feel as connected as they could to the person next door or the person down the street or you know, the person two blocks over. Um, and I think some of the big issues are racism, poverty, um, just sometimes a sense of helplessness mm. and um, hopelessness too. Mm. Um, like if even if I do X, Y, and Z, even if I finish high school, even if I get a job, even if I fill in the blank, um, just the feeling that some young people um, think that there's nothing they can do to keep them from getting hurt or killed right. or um, you know put in jail or uh, it, it just have no sense of positive hope for the future. Um, I think also because of all of um, those issues um, I think another problem is mental health, um, just, just a knowledge of your, your mental health and the fact that it is something you need to know about and think about and work on and take care of and um, care about. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think people in our community realize um, what trauma is mm -hmm. and how it affects your being, your brain, your emotions, your feelings, your responses to things, your responses to people, your relationships, you know? So um, it's not, uh, you know, a, a nice outline of issues. It's a multifaceted issue. Yes. As you've said, you've laid out an, a bunch of issues. They're all certainly yeah. interconnected, but it's not like you can just, uh, you know, like, like you said, hit a hit a grocery list of solutions, and you know we're going to fix this, and everything will be okay. Yeah, that's right. One of the things that I see, um, and I don't think uh, folks who are not familiar with our community uh, have a hard time understanding. Uh, I think you kind of touched on a little bit is the the idea of an of aspirations. Um, you know, you're talking about generational poverty mm -hmm. and kids don't even have an imagination for something different or something better. And, you know, I hear a lot of folks saying, well, you know, all you got to do is work hard and, and get good grades and you can go to college and you can be whatever you want to be. And I don't think people understand the, the limitations of a kind of a, just a general lack of imagination, having never seen that before. Um, I agree with you. It, it is difficult for um, for you to imagine something you have no capacity for, you know, a job that you have never seen in action, you know. So when you start talking to kids in elementary school, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, if they've never seen, um, you know, a veterinarian that looks like them or a store owner or business owner that looks like them. It's hard for them to imagine that if they can't see it in real life. Right. Um, you know, we have students at Vine and, and younger that haven't left their community. Right. You know, they don't, they don't go to 
Farragut or, um, you know, to Dollywood or um, places that some of us take for granted. Um, they just kind of are in where they are. And so they don't get to see a lot of ideas and options for their own future. It's, um, it's sad and difficult, I think, to even imagine the place that they're in mentally. To say, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up because I don't have any, I don't have any ideas to look at. I don't have anywhere to start. I think right now, certainly more than, than I've ever seen it before, there's a heightened awareness. Um, from folks outside of our neighborhood. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast, uh, this series is I, I'm getting phone calls uh, at least on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis from folks who live in South Knoxville or Blount County or West Knoxville wanting to know, hey, what can I do? Uh, you know, we wanna help, we wanna be part of the solution. What would you, think, what would you say are, are some ways that people who don't live in our neighborhood can be a, a part of uh, being a positive influence or having, having a hand in uh, the improvement of our neighborhood and the challenges that we're facing? I would say, especially from my point of view, is that you could pray for the people that are in the schools every day. Mm -hmm. You know, you could pray for the administrators and the teachers and the counselors, um, the people that are the touch points with the children every day, yeah. um, you know, for our um, stability and um, mental health mm -hmm. and um, clarity with the children you know, that we can keep the focus on their future and helping them to get there. And um, that even we would not get clouded with, well, he acted that way or he did that, or they should know better than that. Or, you know, just kind of keep in the course. Um, I would also say kind of in a broader sense um, that we could pray or someone else could pray for, um, the powers that be like our elected officials, um, our school board members, and even our future school board members and, um, you know, our, our city and county representatives that we could kind of raise up and God would raise up some people who are interested in changing some of the systems that are affecting these kids, hmm. um, not yeah. just people, you know, right. um, because when you're trying to undo something um, institutional, you, you need to make institutional changes. And so, yeah. you know, we need to pray for our, our future and current representatives. Um, I would also say that we need young, we need people who are working with young people and leading them to Jesus, no matter where, you know. So the young people at, um, churches in our area, um, the, the youth leaders in our area, that they are continuing to stay the course and, and help the children meet Jesus. This one might be a little more, I feel like it's a lot more realistic. Um, 
but our children and families need mental health services mm-hmm. um, that can come easily without waiting lists and without, you know, um, six months of <laughs> you got to work through this to see that, to do this, to do that. Um, they need some real time uh, family counseling, individual counseling, um, the kids need counseling. Um, even if it is, you know, at school or through school, you know, we at Vine have amazing guidance counselors, um, but it is not technically their job to give individual counseling to kids all day long. Um, but we, I would say 65, 75% of our students need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to learn how to process feelings and emotions in appropriate ways. They need to learn how to um, just kind of cope with life in, in, in ways that are helpful and not things that will get them in trouble. Right. You know, um, I had a little boy right after this, um, Anthony got shot. Um, we were, his teacher was kind of reviewing, you know, what happened and why we had to go into lockdown. And um, he just, he was processing what happened, but it came out as, well, what would you do if there was a gun right there? And somebody went pow, 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 you know? And so in the school system, that's a threat. And we have to treat it like a threat. And we have to go through all these discipline rules and procedures when if he would have said that same exact set of words in a counseling situation or a group situation it would have been it would have led to a totally different outcome as far as you are processing what happened yesterday let's dig into that you know and so I wish that we had more spaces for our kids to talk and for adults to listen. Um, I was really encouraged uh, at the Change Center. They had a like a forum for kids to just come and talk. And um, we were able to get some of the comment, uh, all of the comments from the kids. And it's just powerful what they have to say and what they're thinking about and questions that they have. and. Um, I think we need to let the kids talk more so we can know how to help them. Yeah. There's a lot to process there. <clears throat> I heard you talk about uh, the importance of mentoring and, and maybe coaching, uh, you know, all the way up to, you know, the mental health care and uh, certainly family support services and then structural change as well. Uh, so it, it's not, as you said, an, an easy fix but I think we can't be satisfied with the status quo uh, if the status quo, just because the status quo works for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to be concerned about those that it's, it's not working for us. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that, that complicated answer. <clears throat> before we leave today, before we close, I want to hear from you too. I, I know uh, the bad news makes the media, but I know there's a lot of good news too. Uh, so tell me uh, something good, maybe someplace that you see God at work, uh, whether at Vine or, or in the neighborhood? 
Um, God is definitely at work. I think about this week and the big AE soccer game mm. and how many of those AE soccer players <laughs> were Little Vine soccer players. Um, Got big, didn't they? Yeah. And how, you know, the things when people pour into our kids, you will never know the payout. You will mm-hmm. never know what they're going to do in three years, four years, eight years, 10 years, 12 years. Um, and so I, that's just this week, one little snippet of, wow, God, you really did want us to fight for that little soccer team at Vine. Yeah. Um, I think about staff that I talked to this week. Um And I'm getting emotional because this year has been hellacious, <laughs> mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, but we have some of the hardest working people at our school. Um, and it is not because of prestige or money or Um, they work hard because they love God and they love those kids. And so that is definitely good news. Hmm. Um, Another thing that I think people need to know (laughs) is that um, our district one schools are amazing. They're amazing. Um, Like Beaumont and um, the things that Wendy Clayton has helped that school do is just beautiful and those kids come to vine with so many skills and um high levels of academic achievement um and then they come right to vine and they continue that and then they go to austin east and continue that and so i think god is at work in the people in our schools and it comes out as very very high quality instruction um and I, I want people to know that. I want people to know that our schools are places where miracles happen every day um, because of the heart that people have for the, the children. Hmm. Um, something else that I've been really blessed to see is um, some different pieces of the pie in my life are coming together as far as um, you know, time in college I spent with InterVarsity and um, the young people that are kind of coming up on campus at UT. And then um, my connection to Johnson University and Future of Hope um, and the high school people there <laughs> that are really learning to, you know, find out what what does God want me to do while I'm here in this community? Um, And I don't know. It's just God is everywhere, you know, and I'm so appreciative to just play a little part, (laughs) you know, in, in what is happening and all those little silos. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of good news uh, in East Knoxville. There's a lot of good news. Um, in our town. Uh, There's a lot of good news in our schools and in 
some of those places where people think there may not be. That's a good word. <clears throat> Denise, can I say a word of prayer for you? Yes, please. Thank you. Father, we thank you for Denise and so many others like her that are, uh, I just feel like you've placed them intentionally in our school system and particularly in our neighborhood right now when we need it uh, the most. And I want to just pray uh, for our kids. Uh, the, the good news of the kingdom is that every kid in East Knoxville, just like every other part of the city, would, would be able to reach their full potential. And I pray that we as, as a, members of the kingdom of God would be about working to make that a reality. We thank you for so many like Denise that you've already placed there doing that good work. We want to continue to pray for their health, for their protection, their safety, for their resilience, and for their creativity that uh, as we just work together to make uh, make this, uh, this community a place that can thrive and flourish and work, as I said, where kids can just reach their full potential. And uh, we just thank you for all that you're doing to make that a reality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Denise, thanks for your support. We're so glad to have you there. We know you're a great friend of Yoke and supporter advocate of Yoke. And uh, we're, we're just happy to, uh, to call you a sister and be able to partner together in that. Thank you. Yoke is amazing. <laughs> thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. To learn more about Yoke, visit yokeyouth.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at yokeyouth.com.